0: Hey everyone, this is Leela Sinha. Welcome to Power Pivot, the podcast version two. This is where we talk about business, leadership, ethics, community, and the way it all fits together. I'm glad you're here. I was thinking about this already, but then this morning, in this moment of what I have set aside as vacation, this thing. Happened. I opened a library book, a physical paper library book that I've been working my way through in a kind of eccentric, inconsistent way. It's called The Sabbath World. And the author's name is Shulavitz. And in this book, she's talking about this kind of contrast between the modern world and the very concept, the very idea of a Sabbath, of a set-aside, non-working time that's not just individual but communal. And as part of her work around this, as part of her conversation around this, she talks about the way that time became standardized over time. It didn't It didn't become standardized right away. It became standardized in chunks and bits until finally we had a global sense of time. And with that global sense of time came a global sense of immediacy. A global sense of something happening everywhere all the time at once. And with that sense of everything happening everywhere at once comes this sense of overwhelm, which is what I was just saying yesterday. I made an Instagram reel, and I talked about how I need my my information in buckets. And I was also talking to a client, and I was saying, I don't think we need as much completeness as we expect ourselves to have. I think this internet global reach where we have access to pretty much everything that has been written down and everything that has been spoken into a microphone or recorded in some way and access to so many people and so many experts and so many opinions and so many ideas, I think we have this idea that we have to first go and collect all of the information, like we're all PhD students of everything. And while I think that there are times and places where it's useful to have as much information as humanly possible, I'm not sure that this much information about everything is humanly possible. In fact, I think it is not. It's okay to read three or four opinions and then formulate your own and then share it with five or six people, and that's the end of it. It's okay to have human-scale interactions not just with other people but with data, with information, with transformative experiences. We don't have to have all of the peak-optimized things happening all at once. It's okay to operate on a human scale. And in fact, it may be better if we operate on a human scale because when we try to operate on anything that isn't a human scale, often we amplify our mistakes before we know that they're happening. If I say an unkind or unwise thing to one person sitting at a cafe table or over breakfast, that unkind thing reaches that one person. And that one person, if they are a kind and and wise member of my community, may reflect back to me that I have said an unkind thing and then That unkind thing goes no further. It has no larger impact than that. I said this to this person, it will ripple outward for that person in some way, it may ripple into our relationship, but it's not everywhere all at once with that mistake magnified. I have an opportunity to correct myself in small community. I have an opportunity to grow unobserved, almost unobserved. I have an opportunity to become on a human scale, in a human way, at a human pace. Broadcast is a very complicated way to learn about yourself. And right now, social media, the internet, everything is kind of forcing us into that. But we have choices. In most cases, we have choices. We don't have to allow that to be the thing. We don't have to allow that to be the model in some ways we're all prototyping all the time we're prototyping ourselves we're we're exploring ourselves it's not it's like those sketches that an artist does before they decide how they're going to do the big painting they just kind of you know put little sketches in the corners of their notebooks, they experiment with poses, they experiment with lighting, they experiment with color palettes that don't actually have any figure in them. They're just trying to get the the skin color right or the color of the light right or those flowers in the background or this really weird color of yellow and they can't figure out how to make it. So they're doing all these test swatches and test sketches and experiments. How will this work? How? What if I put this body three inches to the left? What will that do for the composition? And we're doing that with ourselves, too, test sketching. We say something out loud to three friends, and they reflect back to us what that looks like when you stand back from the easel. Then we can make adjustments before we're invested in hundreds of thousands of dollars of materials and time and energy and and before our soul is really invested in that thing so deeply. We just test it. And that's why community is so important, because when someone tests balloons, when someone tests pilots, when someone tests something in front of a small audience and you're part of that small audience, you are the place where that thing becomes encouraged or it doesn't, where it grows or it doesn't, where it emerges or it doesn't. And you are part of the possibility that it could emerge in a different way, that there's a gem of truth, but there's also a thorn, and we need to work out how to have less thorn and more gem, or just less thorn. Maybe the gem is perfect as it is. Or maybe the thorn is important. Maybe it needs two thorns. But that's what we do in community, in small community, in unamplified voices, in unmagnified spaces. So if i think about this concept of immediacy of everything everywhere all at once all the time it's overwhelming and if i think about adding my voice to that that morass can be terrifying what if i do it wrong What if I get this thing wrong and it's amplified and magnified and it does massive amounts of harm? On the other hand, what if I have a really good idea and I don't share it because I'm afraid that it's going to do harm? How do we resolve this? We resolve this. In small community, we resolve this in intimacy. We resolve this in trusting relationships. I don't expect everyone to have a trust relationship with me, but the people I do have a trust relationship with and who do trust me, those are the people. Those are the people that I rely on to help me do less harm. I don't expect to do no harm. But those are the people I rely on to help me do less harm, to help me do more good, to figure out which things are are advancing just my own curious energy and which things are advancing some larger agenda. Some things aren't interesting beyond the confines of my own head or my own pad of paper. Other things, anything is possible. Other things are liberating. Other things are transformative. Other things... Other things have an effect that I have no way of predicting. In which respect, I'm a lot like some of the tech mega giants. <laughs> I don't think Google predicted where they would be. I don't think Facebook predicted where they would be. Certainly don't think Twitter predicted where they are at this point. But you start with an idea that might be transformative. You start with a thought. You start with a a noticing of something, a place where the shoe rubs against everyone's foot. Or maybe not everyone, maybe just a lot of feet. And you're like, hey, I'm pretty sure I can avoid that blistering problem. Here, let me see if I stick this moleskin in there, if that helps. Let me see if I can get that rock out of there completely. But to figure this out, and to figure out how to focus, how to, how to make it smaller, how to find our communities, our small spaces where we can test things before we bring them to the arena, before we bring them to the stage, before we bring them to the globe. We have to forget for a moment that everything is happening at once. We have to sit down for a moment. The mind blowing, comprehensive immediacy of mutual time. And instead, we look at when the sun rose in my window. We look at when the flowers bloomed in my neighborhood. I look at my neighborhood with my people and my neighbors. You look at your neighborhood with your people and your neighbors. There are people beyond our spaces, that's important to know, but we don't start there. We start wrestling with our own group of 2 or 5 or 12. We start wrestling with ourselves. With a book on a quiet morning. Or when we just can't do the laundry anymore. Or when someone asks us for help. We start the wrestling with ourselves, with our own communities, with our small groups. It's important to have a small space and a place where time stops for a moment, whether that's a Sabbath or whether that's a room where you close the door and there are no clocks. I sometimes try to imagine what it would be like to live in a world before motorized transportation. where everything is circumscribed by the amount of land you can cover by yourself or with the help of another animal. And this is not that different. How much time can you cover by yourself, by the rising and setting of the sun, by the changing of the temperature of the day or of the season? How much time can you let go of to find the rhythm, to find the space where you can just be yourself? Thanks for tuning in. This has been Power Pivot, the podcast. I'm your host, Leela Sinha. Thank you for listening. I offer gratitude for the earth and sky and the support and care of many who cross my path. Our post-production assistance is provided by William Jameson, and you can find him at jamesonav.net. You can find more of me and my work, including leadership consulting and keynotes, at intensivesinstitute.com.